You're listening to the True Blue Podcast, sponsored by the Victoria City Police Union. Real stories told by real police officers working in Victoria and Esquimalt. What are the streets of Victoria and Esquimalt really like? The True Blue Podcast will give you some personal insights into what happens when wearing a police uniform. Welcome back, everyone, to the True Blue Podcast. I'm Matt Waterman. Today on the soundboard, we got Todd Mason. Thanks, Todd, for being here. You're welcome. And um, we have two guests today from MIST, Mobile Youth Services Team. Uh, first, Mia Golden. Welcome, Mia. Thanks, Matt. And uh, Constable Gordon McGee. Welcome, Gord. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, so, so the so the members uh, out there who uh, don't know too much about Mist, we're gonna we're gonna chat with them today and learn a little bit more about what's going on in their world. Uh, it's not all positive, but uh, I think it's um, I think it's worthwhile to sort of get some more information out there about this team and what they do. So, hey, uh, Gord, I'm gonna start with you uh, as a police officer. We kind of get transferred in and out of jobs like this all the time. This is probably the best way to say it. So you've been attached to MIST the last few years, correct? That's right. Yep. And uh, you've got you got another year left, probably, and we'll see what happens after that. But mm-hmm. you never know. Um, and it's usually the police officer that gets trained by Mia, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, Gord, just so our listeners understand. Your policing background, just give us a quick synopsis about how long you've been around and, and so on. Sure, yeah. Um, so I started my career in Glasgow, uh, Scotland. I did six years there uh, and then came over here and was hired with Victoria. So I did uh, patrol, uh, started in 2003, um, went to the bike section, did a number of years there, and then back to patrol and then uh, ended up doing mist. So. And uh Really, uh, MIST is one of those, it's a, it's a sought after position. Uh, Gord's a lucky fella to be, uh, to be on that squad. Absolutely. And, uh, good job. Uh, Gord, you're, you're also kind of one of those rare constables who came from, uh, Scotland, uh, to, to join the Vic PD. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you have a sidearm? back there in Scotland? No, no, <laughs> we did not. We had, when I joined, we had, um, our regular uniform was like our dress uniform. Yeah. And, uh, we had pockets where you would have to have your uh, truncheon, which is essentially a salmon club. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you had that, a big Kenwood radio, a three D cell bash light. Yeah. And, uh, that was it. <laughs> So Gord's not that old, but he makes himself sound kind of old here, doesn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Mia, did you know any of this, Mia? Is this a surprise to you about where Gord came from? Well, I, I've learned over the last uh, four years, but prior to uh, prior to him joining Mist, yeah. you know, we would we would see. Uh, Gord in the lunchroom, but uh, I no, I didn't know until we started working together. And, yeah. Um, uh, he, he, by the way, his his uh, Scottish accent is like it's just it's, slightly there, it's, is it? It's chef's kiss. It's oh, chef's okay, kiss. Okay. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, so yeah. So uh, so for the listener, uh, Mia, how long have you been working with Miss? Then uh, ten years. This month, I started in January okay. twenty fourteen. Right. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And prior to that, I was. Um, doing gang prevention uh, just on my own for about a year and a half. Okay. 
and then <clears throat> and then mist was one member yeah and i was one person and then it was decided in sort of the end of 2013 that it made sense for the two um right. teams to get married so to yeah, speak yeah yeah okay <laughs> well uh, so a positive uh uh connection i guess uh, all those years ago but um and and basically Tell people kind of your background as far as work goes, uh, social work or what, what, what's the right terminology? I'm a youth and family counselor. Okay. Um, I have been uh, in the field for over 25 years, but I was obviously 10 years old when I started. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, for, for radio, yes, we need to describe those things. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been about, it's been, oh yeah, no, it's been, I've been in the field about 30 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Um, I was going to say eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And so um, my first, first job was working with um, young sex offenders. And okay. then from there, I, um, I, I took a break and was an early childhood educator. And then I worked with um, uh, parents who, uh, were referred by the ministry, um, because they were having, they, they had had their children removed. And then I've worked in our family violence program. Um, and, but a lot of the work that I've done has been with, uh, youth or young people who mm -hmm. are involved in the justice system. Okay. And, and does the team focus on just when they're in the justice system or, maybe prevention as well prevention's a big piece and and mm -hmm. our our hope is always to do more prevention um but uh we start each day with a plan and then then things go sideways <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a that's a good segue into yeah what's the typical day of mist i mean it seems like i know for me i see gord at the office and i mean he's I, I guessing you don't spend a ton of time at the Vic PD office. No, nope. you guys have your separate spot and you're preparing to kick off of the day. Right. Gord. Or? Yeah. So, um, when I first started, we were based out of the Esquimalt office. Okay. Um, and, uh, we had a spot there and typically it's just a place to sort of, you know, pick up your radio and, yeah. and grab your vehicle and away you go. Um, we don't spend, a lot of time in the office. Right. Um, now, uh, since the restructuring, we've actually been based at uh, the Vic PD headquarters. Okay. So that's where we are. Um, you know, again, it's just grab the keys and away you go. Right. Well, the, in the name, M stands for mobile, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the critical part is youth services. So tell us, Kind of more about uh, what what is in that typical day then, Mia, for you for you and uh, your group. Well, yeah, like I said, we we usually have a plan for the day, and mm -hmm. then um, but we start the day by triaging. Um, though uh, you know, when Gord first started working, and it'll be good for you to hear sort of what it was like for him the first really month. But um, yeah, the the day starts really when you wake up. Yeah. And you just automatically grab your work phone and take a look because um, we sadly often get bad news. And so it's kind of like 
that is the start of your day. Uh, it's always a relief when <clears throat> we don't have um, any bad news. Uh, and then from there, we triage um, yeah. and make a plan. And then it goes from there. Um, we could uh, we could be out on the streets. We could get a call from the hospital. Um, we get called by the schools all the time. Um you know, we have youth that are missing. Yeah. Throughout the day, we're getting calls from parents um, or other resources. Um, so it's 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 never the same. Um, yeah. It's never the same and always the same, if that kind of makes <laughs> sense. Well, you, for sure it does to me. And, and I think for most of the public, uh, I think it's probably a reassurance that you're, you know, hey, this team is out there to, well, I'll use the terminology of, exploitation you're there to try and prevent that exploitation of the of the youth out there right and, yes and they're so vulnerable in general terms uh what what age group are you uh including well, yeah well uh, on paper it's uh 12 through 18 okay. but um and this is one of the changes that we've been seeing over the last few years is uh, uh, the children are getting younger and younger. And so we are getting calls even from elementary school kids where um, there's either some exploitation. And then most recently, um, some of the um, the gang recruiting uh, middle schools are being targeted. Um, middle school. So very aggressively. Five, yeah. six, seven, yep. eight sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. And so it, um, that's been something that has been... Um, Extremely concerning for us. No kidding. So the expo exploitation, um, it also comes through drugs, I would imagine, too, right? Uh, the op opioid epidemic has been huge, uh, out of control. Huge. Ooh. It is <laughs> such a great tool for predators to use, and they <clears throat> they do. They use they use it. So, again, younger and younger and younger kids. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, 11-year-olds. Um, right. Highly addicted. Uh, and the grooming part, which, uh, you know, our human trafficking section did a podcast last year or year before, but, you know, it was really interesting how, how that grooming begins or everything from a text or, you know, exchanging pictures and, and drugs, of course. But uh, mm -hmm. it seems like, uh, so the sexual exploitation is also a, a high driver of this stuff. Um, I don't know, you guys, is, I can see how your phone in the beginning of the day must be, oh my God, what happened last night, right? Yeah, and, and just in terms of some of the methods that are being used, I mean, we've we've been made aware of, of uh, social media platforms like uh, that are used by very young kids, like Roblox, for example. Yeah. Um, and it's like a Minecraft kind of platform but you can also direct message on it oh. um, and we're finding that kids are being targeted on that and you know these are toddler age kids that are using this platform and predators are using that as a hunting ground and so they're getting them isolated off of that social media platform and then onto another one for example say like discord and then getting them right. to exchange messages on there and pictures and videos and that's there and Laura talked about discord and, and uh it seems like yeah most parents are like okay here's a device here's a few safe things that they feel are safe anyway games or activities mm -hmm. and sure enough the predator is looking for those same things right exactly, exactly. Yeah. if <clears throat> if if kids are there predators are there and and the other piece too is just how um as soon as 
you know, um, people get a handle on one uh, platform and how to, you know, increase safety around it, then a new one pops up. So even just the other day, um, you know, we've, we've heard about Omegle. Well, now <clears throat> there's one, and I'm forgetting it, but it's, I think it's called OMG TV or something. It's, it's kind of like Omegle. And, and so it will be um, just, you go on there, you see lots of people, you're having different conversations, and there's just... Um, uh, youth described it that, you know, two people will be, you know, maybe having sex, other people will be talking about this and that. Like, it's just, it's it's become so normalized that um, nothing nothing is shocking to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to two and four young people anymore. Um, and that, <clears throat> that may, just increases the risk to them. And it's a great, it's a great thing for pet, for predators because the work is already being done for them. Mm-hmm. It seems like, uh, you know, police liaison officers and so on in schools and, and your, your job, uh, it, it used to be kind of at the high school level uh, more so. And now, uh, you, well, you talked about middle school already, but in reality, you're, you're almost at the elementary level where, and, and the, a kid in elementary school nowadays is going to have a phone in a lot of cases, yeah. which has so many capabilities. Yes, exactly. So, like you said, the the predator is going to be around there somehow, yeah. right? And they and they are mm-hmm. like it it it. We have elementary school kids who are um, um, watching pornography. Again, it's becoming normalized. So you know, nine ten year olds are watching pornography. Um, I had a colleague who had uh, a, a child <clears throat> who was six who uh, was involved with pornography and mm-hmm. became addicted to it. And um, so it's just um, there just isn't that awareness for for any of us in yeah. our, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in our um, as parents, it's not something that. Uh, was in our experience as children, so it's not oh. on. It's not on most people's radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, for, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like in Gord's world, did you ever think he'd have to try and be savvy on social media like this, Gord? Not like that. <laughs> no. I mean, it's an absolute wake-up call. Yeah, and and the things that um, kids are getting exposed to at such a prevalent level is just amazing. Um, you know, like, uh, and one, one alarming trend that we're seeing is the amount of violence that's accompanying those things So, in just in, in pornography in general. Okay. In uh, pornography specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, this stat is probably already out of, out of date, but we were doing some research for our, uh, we do a healthy relationships presentation in the schools and, and <clears throat> of the top 300 uh, pornography sites, uh, 88% of the content um, had violence in it. And we're seeing that play out in the calls that we get to schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Yes, it's happening from the older predators, but we're also seeing it peer-to-peer um, that uh, violence has just become a normal, typical part of their sexual hygiene. And so, um, you know, consent is is blurry. Like there's just so much. Um, so, uh, peer to peer exploitation has become a, a significant issue for us as well. Wow. So, uh, help me then. How, how do you deal with that? Like, are, are we arresting people or how, how are we actually getting to a result then? 
Well, we're trying to raise awareness. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, it's like, um, it's almost on par with uh, when we were kids and our grandparents would say, rock and roll music is the devil. You know, like, it's like, okay, boomer. Um, and, 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 and so, and somebody asked us that the other day. They said, you know, we've been saying this message. Uh, why, why are young people um, n- not hearing it? And I said, my answer was, Okay, boomer, because that it because it's normal for them. It's yeah. a, the all the work has been done. They've been groomed from a very young age, f- from even like the sort of benign social media that we see. Um, it's sexualizing the brats, dolls, all of those things has just slowly changed things. Right. So that then when they you know go to the next step, um, uh, sure it may be a little bit surprising for them, but then it it's quickly quickly becomes normalized. So I guess uh, maybe not an average kid, but some some kids are going to be easily falling into that. No, the average kid. The average kid. The right. average <clears throat> kid. Uh, if you were to do a survey today uh, of um, you know thirteen year olds, twelve year olds, um, I would say most of them uh, are watching pornography or have have at least seen it at least once, and um, and a lot of them will. Well, for like the 14, 15, 16-year-old age groups, yeah. um, it's pretty typical for them to engage in some sort of violence within their uh, uh, sexual behavior. Really? Okay. Those are, well, again, I think as we started out, I was saying this is not all positive news, but, uh, you know, this team is in place to help uh, not manage try to try to at least manage maybe some of some of the issues that are going on in our community and i just want to before we go too much further let's highlight this 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 team is region wide right like greater yes. victoria correct yes. yeah. so yeah south south island yeah wow okay and we're we're actually getting calls from north cowichan we've had calls from nanaimo because there's no resource like this uh, okay. on the island wow I think uh, one of the things in preparing for this interview I found out was, uh, Mia, your job was uh, in question last year, about a year ago, uh, whether there was going to be funding. Um, And my understanding was it was federal funding through the gangs and guns, uh, however, whatever the terminology was, uh, uh, effort to try and uh, curb people joining gangs and, and, uh, aimed at the youth side, right? Yes. So that's where your funding came for your position. Gord obviously is loaned from Vic PD. And mm-hmm. um, I guess in the past, other officers from other agencies, or has it still, always been a Vic PD? No, it's still, so it's a, it's an, inter, it's an integrated okay. uh, position. Yeah. And so uh, any police officer from any of the uh, departments in, uh, in the CRD can apply. Okay. Um, and it's paid for by all the departments. All the departments. Yeah. Okay. For, for for the police officer's yeah, position. Yeah. And then my position is paid for by Pacific Center Family Services. Okay. Yeah. So, but the funding uh, issue um, is, is the scary part because arguably <laughs> uh, you were close to not not yeah. being re, uh, re-upped for, for this year, right? Yes. Or last year, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be a concern that, that I would be uh, in fear of is all of a sudden we you basically lose this resource to 
to to be in the community to help out with these pretty important issues. Pacific uh, Family Center. So now the funding is more uh, provincially driven, right? Well, uh, it it's still. I just spilled my water. Um, it's it's um, again we're we're looking for funding again because that okay. was for a year, and yeah. so now uh, we're, we'll start again. And I and we we do have uh, supports um, who are advocating uh, for us, um, you know, at the provincial level and at the um, municipal level. So you know, fingers crossed that is going to. Um, yeah, it speaks <laughs> to the bigger issue though, right? Like Gord, you you have already said like Nanaimo, uh, Mill Bay, whatever. Like there's mm-hmm. other areas that are outside the greater Victoria area that still need this sort of team, in, at least in my perspective, to uh, to be a resource, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so that to me means, hey, this shouldn't just be some localized funding. It should be a standardized fund that shows up for someone like yourself, Mia, to, to be uh, properly funded to participate in this team. Uh, it's no different than the integrated mental health teams and so on where someone from uh, the Island Health Authority, right? So, but those are all across the province and we need, we need these. So is there, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you're, I guess you're aware, but uh, around the province, there must be some similar types of teams? Um, well, over on the mainland, there's uh, Car 86 and Yankee 20 Car, um, and um, it's mild, slightly different, but mm-hmm. a similar idea. So it's a it's a police officer, uh, but it's with a social worker. Okay. And so, um, whereas I'm a counselor, and so um, with with our team, then we're we're able to offer um, parent education, counseling to the parents, counseling to the to the to the youth. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's mildly different, but, um, but similar. Are mm-hmm. there some, uh, some bigger sort of, I'll, I'll say classroom or, uh, um, assembly type, uh, education things that you're doing for parents? Yeah, we do. Um, well, recently we've been, uh, p- collaborating, we've been a part of, um, the gang presentations that, um, along with Saanich Police and Victoria Police. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been a part of that. We've had um, parent presentations in the past where we do a parenting in the digital age um, presentation right. where we talk about, yeah. um, you know, exploitation, what it looks like, um, uh, the things to look for and <laughs> resources available and how to how to manage those things. Right. Um, yeah, we've also done presentations for healthy relationships, and we're we're in um, just about every school for those. Okay, well, I, I guess that's what I mean as far as having those specific uh, educational programs are very important, right? And it sounds like, um, and we were talking a little bit before, um, it sounds like you're not enough. Is, is that a good way to say we, it? We aren't. We aren't. <laughs> so, and I, I, I want to be the first to advocate on this podcast for A, some proper funding for Mia's position, and B, some more funding to make sure that we can expand this team uh, to, to do the job, which seems to be overloaded, uh, arguably. So mm-hmm. uh, let's put it out there. Let's call on the politicians to, to step up to the plate and, and recognize how important this is. And if not, come and talk to Mia, right? <laughs> so, that, so they understand what, what it means to uh, be dealing with. So, and, you know, 
I think, you know, you're not going to get into details about a client or anything, but you can really get into some more finite details with someone who's, you know, recognizes that, hey, we need to fund this properly, right? So. Absolutely. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of joke um, in that <clears throat> when, uh, when, and Gord, Gord can agree because it's starting to happen to him as well, is, is that people will ask, you know, we'll let it be at a dinner party or whatever, a social event, and people will ask, you know, what do you do? And so I, yeah. I always just give a very brief uh, but then they want to know more. And so then once you get me on my little, once Pandora's box is open, yep. that's it. <laughs> and so then, of course, jaws drop and they are shocked at um, knowing these kinds of things are happening in their community. And so, um, but then I never get invited back. <laughs> you scared them. You scared <laughs> I scare them away. I depress them. Uh, so, but but that is the reality is that there are a lot of um, sad things that are happening to our youth right now and and yeah we we do need help in in preventing uh, more uh, of this kind of thing happening mm-hmm. one one thing about this position too is that um it's not a one and done uh we're in it for the long game and yeah, yeah. once we have contact with a youth we're usually supporting the family as well so that's multiple meetings multiple calls checking in like it's 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 ongoing sometimes so, for years yeah yeah. Wow. That consistency must be very, uh, well, uh, obviously it's important or they wouldn't be calling you back to say, Hey, we need your help. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very scary to think that, you know, there's, there's just so many vulnerable youth out there who are being targeted and, uh, all through different things that we all talk about every day. And sure enough, uh, the predator is going to be sitting there waiting for them. Um, the school, I mean, I've, I've been a advocate of school resource officers and it's really sad that they're, they're not in there because I think they're also can be a resource for you guys too, to sort of help identify youth. And I am probably even, even officers on the street are realizing, Hey, I've just dealt with this 12 year old kid who's being targeted for, you know, maybe bullying or whatever it must. Uh, but again, who else do they reach out to? Because most of the time, it's not something where you can arrest somebody or anything of that nature, right? So. It's it's been a real loss um, <clears throat> for us as a resource, but also, um, you know, I'm also a parent, and when I think of uh, knowing what's happening with uh, youth in our community, and then knowing that in the past they had. Uh, members that they could build relationships with. And so when and if something took place, they had somebody to go to. They don't have that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, there's been this underlying um, negative messaging around policing that is so concerning to me um, because um, I know I I. I work with you guys. Yeah. I'm a I'm a counselor. I'm a black person. Um, I I know all the good work that is being done. And from a from a trauma informed lens, um, for a young person to be going through something and in the past could reach out to a police liaison officer, yeah. and that would minimize the amount of of trauma through that process. But now. Um, let's say there's a sexual assault disclosure. Um, uh, they disclose to their school counselor. Um, 
you know, the, the police are called. <clears throat> now it's a, it's a complete stranger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before the police liaison officer would be able to support them through that yeah. and kind of, you know, then, you know, vet the next, the SVU member and then go from there. But so um, it, it's just very distressing to know that um, s- s- this whole movement has uh has really harmed a lot of children. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that, Mia. I think I think it's important for people to understand where you're coming from and and you're obviously you're passionate about it and so you should be. Yeah, it's your, yeah. your full-time job, yeah. I guess, but <laughs> but uh but uh, you know, it, it's just sad but there is a lot of trauma out there and yes. these kids, right? Yes. And uh the families, uh, well, as parents, we all recognize that hey, sometimes kids just they get in a bad spot and, you know, you as parents can only do so much, but, uh, that must be frustrating for parents. I mean, that was one of the things when we had Darren Lara on the show a couple, couple of weeks ago was same thing, you know, how much interaction he's having with parents versus, mm-hmm. v- versus the children, you know, the parents' education needs to be just a, a priority as well. Right. Yeah. So. We, we send, mm-hmm. we send parents, Darren's yeah. way as well. He's such a so, good yeah, resource, he, it's right? It's been mm-hmm. a really great resource for us as well yeah. yeah the uh but the whole the whole idea is this region is uh is growing we have we have real life problems and uh we need we need teams like you you guys out there do, doing this for us right so do you, what uh i was reading online what's cred is that part of your yeah so yeah. that that was the program that um that uh I'm the coordinator of, so it's okay. crime, crime reduction, exploitation, diversion. So CRED was created. Um, uh, I think we, I think we started it in 2012, but again, you know, uh, it, a team, but it's just me. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, <laughs> and it was, and it was uh, gang prevention, youth gang prevention. <clears throat> yep. And so, uh, and again, it was all of, um, the CRD and then in, um, end of 2013, um, we met with um, Les Sylvan and some other um, uh, heads of different police departments, and yeah, then that's yeah. when it was decided that uh, Cred and uh, Mist it made the most sense to to join okay, together. Right. So the, the do we have a number? Like, how many youth has this team dealt with? Like, do you have a number for Ooh. year or for? I mean, and and tell tell me if you have any. Uh, well, I'd like to know about the increases, of course, but um, yeah, th- that's one of the things that we we talk about all the time is to be it would for us to be able to collect the stats um, properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, it has been a bit of a, a challenge, but um, at least uh, two hundred uh, every year, yeah. if not more and then and those are the ones that are quite regular then we do have um some one-offs here and there lots that are just you know uh you know one or two kind of interactions and then um so sometimes they get involved with the police for some reason uh an incident happens but it can get sorted out fairly easily and and it's not a uh an ongoing client for you necessarily yeah 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 Mm -hmm. okay but yeah, what would you say, Gord? Like may- maybe even yeah. more. I, it, it, we'd have to go through our numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think 
I think we started when we when we when I first started, it was around 150, and I think it's gone up quite substantially yeah. since then. Um, and that's just the the names that sort of keep coming the up. Regulars, the regular, the yeah. regular. Um, Right. So, yeah. and, and I think that was part of my argument for an increase in, in staffing is we're, 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 we're not capable of doing more, right? No. Well, you are doing a lot more yeah. from when you started Gord, but mm -hmm. here we are a few years later, we're having to do a lot of more and, but we're realizing that we're just not, you know, the efficiency of the team is not being uh, used to its, its fullest. Yeah. Right? So, so in the mm -hmm. past, um, yeah. And when I first started, I probably had about 50, uh, youth on, on my caseload. Okay. Um, and, and I, you know, I could spend a lot of time with each youth and, you know, calls were answered right away. And, um, the, yeah, there was no waiting around. And now at, at the end of every day, we kind of look at each other, have, have, what have we forgotten? Have we forgotten to call somebody back? Is there a text that has been <laughs> wow. unanswered? Um, yeah. Don't even mention my emails because <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other story. But yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it must be a challenge. It's, it's every a challenge. Day and then just that feeling of like, oh, I, you know, I, I failed someone because I, it, I was supposed to call them back on Monday and now it's Thursday. It's, it, yeah, it's an awful feeling to have to triage. Because they're calling you because it's an important issue um, that's obviously um, making them call you, and you you have to you have to triage and and potentially not get to them right away, which is an awful feeling. Yeah, that um, must. So that's that's uh, not great. Gord, just just for uh, other police officers out there considering mm -hmm. you know helping out with a team like this, uh, you're probably not going to have to sell it much just from a. Um, um, any sort of perspective of this is this is a good job, mm -hmm. um, but uh, what, what what's been most satisfying, I guess, from a police standpoint? Uh, just being able to um, be able to be in that supportive role, mm -hmm. uh, and and actually, um, when you have the wins, they're really substantial, yeah, and uh, and you are. Um, you know, changing people's lives yeah. uh, for the better. And, and that's a really rewarding um, aspect of the job. And especially to see, to see it sort of come to fruition and then to have somebody come back after you've, you've, you've dealt with them or helped them out with something um, at their, at their worst and to have them come back, you know, years later and say, thank you. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. And in this role, I, I I would submit that it's it's much easier to do that than you know the average police officers who just responding to multiple calls a day who doesn't have time to reconnect with anyone, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Relationship is a huge thing. Like for for instance, we have we have a youth that um, we worked with the family to um, relocate him uh, out of country because he was so entrenched in in the gangs. Really? Yeah. And so, um, but we've been able to maintain that relationship and he, he, he seeks out, um, he seeks out our, um, the sessions with me, uh, mm -hmm. at, um, we do it every week or two. Um, and then, and, uh, now Gord is giving him, um, guitar lessons, uh, remotely, virtual, remotely. virtually. Yeah yeah. 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 And so, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, 
those are the really satisfying um, Unbelievable. pieces. Yeah. So that, that's an awesome good news story, right? Um, to be able to connect with somebody who who obviously was in a bad spot to, to have to go to that extent, right? To uh, relocate him or her. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. here we are with uh, now reaching back for, for and just uh, we, we shouldn't forget this. Gord here is uh, also the creator of kind of our intro music for this podcast. So oh. Gord, Gord made this little sound thing up and oh, put it right. all together. Did? That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so we, yeah, we got to mention that Gord's on the podcast. We got to talk about that. Yeah. We, we want to just something basic. So Gord's mu- musical skills are definitely out there. right? They, so. they really are. Like yeah, we, yeah. we, we have this rock school. And when I say we, I, I mean Gord because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm, maybe going to learn to play the triangle, um, who knows, but, but yeah, so Gord, we've gone into schools, uh, to meet with youth and, uh, specifically to give them, uh, lessons. So it's drum lessons, guitar lessons. And I just sit there and kind of dance in the background. I'd be sitting with you too, Mia, because I, I used to think I could play the bass drum, right? But you just have to hit it on your left foot. Well, I've got two left feet, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I can't play anything. The rest of my family seems to be musical, but it didn't come for me. So, <laughs> uh, well, that's fantastic. That's a great news story, you know, about uh, a success. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's more, and we, we don't have time to go into all those things. But uh, it seems like you are out there in this community doing a great job for all of us. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate that it's so hidden. And that's why I really wanted, you know, to have this opportunity to, to do this podcast uh, with both of you and, and to sort of explain to our listener and to others who should be listening. Maybe we'll have to pass it on to the right people <laughs> to, to say, hey, this is what this is what this program does. And without this team, we're we're uh, up a creek. If, uh, that's probably a good way to put it. Right? Absolutely. Uh, we should. We should project forward, Mia. Um, what What are you looking forward to here in 2024 and and beyond? Like, do funding. do you have yeah funding <laughs> funding? We've already talked about funding, yeah. but uh, w- would there be something that would uh, something else that would help with you know a success for the team or more success or or maybe maybe I can even say you know what's on your wish list? Uh, yeah, as Todd said, definitely more funding. We would uh, you know. To have a bigger team would be such a huge, huge. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't even. I can't even say how. How. What a significant difference that would make. Um, yeah, funding for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, funding <laughs> <laughs> and, and consistent and, and consistency. Like um, I. I don't want to think about January twenty twenty five because that's when they're supposedly going to take word away from me (laughs) 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 and and uh and you know this position um this position takes a lot of out of a person um and so you need the right uh it needs to be the right fit um and 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 it is it is a shift you know because i've i've worked with three different members and and Mm -hmm. um they all bring uh you know different skill sets to the to the table and and um and, um, but it, yeah, maybe you can describe Gord, what it's like to be a police officer coming into this position because it, it is an important thing and it's, it's, um, 
Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a bit of a mind shift. I mean, um, when I, when I first started, uh, there was unfortunately, um, a youth that had, had, um, died of a drug overdose. And I, I naively thought, okay, this is going to affect some real change here. I mean, this is horrible. And, and it was a 12 year old and, and just, just awful. Um, and then kind of working through that whole, um, event and recognizing that, you know, change takes a lot of time and we're yeah. here, we are f- almost four years in and really not much has changed, mm-hmm. uh, since then. And of course, more youth have died, uh, since then. So, um, wrapping my head around that was quite, quite I, a I used to say Gord all the time when I joined the, uh, integrated crisis response team, the same issue for me as a police officer was the learning curve was straight up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and any police officer who joins these teams, there's probably going to be quite the learning curve. Uh, but someone like me is going to be there to, to help, help us out. Um, but, but, uh, you know, one of the things you said to me, uh, Mia a second ago that makes a lot of sense is Gord is scheduled, you know, usually the officer is scheduled to leave the team, right? So at some point he's going to be leaving the team to me, uh, having a, an increase in the team would allow for more of a s- uh, smooth transition, yes. not just stop here and start here. Mm-hmm. If we can get it so that there's, hey, a good overlap of a year, maybe plus, you know, yes. where we're not struggling with, look, how many police officers uh, and or how many counselors are available here to make sure that they're, you're sharing some of the load, right? I mean, the workload must be ridiculous and you know and uh, nobody can see this of course but the these two people have to have their work phones and you know everything else going all the time they're on silent for the moment but i can tell you that they're not not working (laughs) (laughs) there is a lot of text going across the page here and that's just the way that's the nature of the the, and there's no shutting it off when you're on shift right it's not like oh i'm taking my coffee break no uh you've got to be ready to respond right so and and even on when you're not on shift in the middle of the night right there's still going to be uh some reactions from somebody who's reaching out or a police officer who's reaching out to say I need you guys tomorrow morning, you know, sharp, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, even when we're off, we're, you're not quite off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. uh, thank you for coming to chat with us. Uh, I really hope this is a bit more educational for, for our listener and for others who should be listening to this. We'll have to share it around. Uh, because MIST has has an important role in our community, and and obviously you two are the important parts of it right now. And and let's let's uh, well, we've already kind of put our our foot in our mouth about hey, we need more of you guys. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I want to I want to personally thank you for the work you do because uh, I just can't imagine how much it's helping. And and Gord, your story is is a great example, right? Of uh, in some cases, we're going to see some real positive effect. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's some really negative effects, right? And and that's, you know, I I, I hate to harp on that, but uh, unfortunately, that's the negative side of this job or this team is, hey, you're going to see some really bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's all about managing that trauma and, and bad news, right? Exactly. So all of our listeners get a copy of the True Blue podcast coin. 
Gord, there you go. Mia, you there you are. Thank you. you get to, it's got some weight. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't go. <laughs> yeah, we, it's, it's, it's not just nice. chocolate all wrapped in there. Uh, but really, we, we do appreciate you coming and, and chatting with us. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Nice. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you on the next True Blue podcast. Good night. Thank you for listening to the True Blue Podcast. Join us next time for more stories about policing in Victoria and Esquimalt. The True Blue Podcast is sponsored by the Victoria City Police Union. Thanks to our media partners, H2 Accelerator, who have helped design and deliver our new improved marketing strategies. Thank you to our master of music, Gord McKee. Special thanks to the creators of the True Blue Podcast, Host, Matt Waterman. Sound and editing, Todd Mason. Concept design, Daryl Baswick. And sidekick, Steve, for the production and sound studio. Thank you for listening to the True Blue Podcast.